Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. I'm joined today by Mr. Michael Warren, White House correspondent for the Weekly Standard and senior writer. Michael, how are you doing? Why are you here instead of home celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, it's solidarity with the working uh, men and women of the country. That's that's why I'm here. Excellent, excellent. If we so, can, if we can call what we do work, it's. <laughs> you mean it's it's not work covering this White House? It's not work if you love it. You know? It's not work <laughs> if you if it's your passion. All right, so. We're going to start on the legislative priorities on immigration that you write about in uh, today's White House Watch, the uh, the unmissable White House Watch. So <laughs> sign Sunday, up. Sign up. <laughs> be sure to sign up. So Sunday, the president's team puts out a, a list of legislative priorities on immigration. What were they? Um, well, there'll be no surprise to anybody who's followed the Trump campaign or even the Trump White House's um, rhetoric on immigration. It's basically they identify three problems, a problem with border security, a problem with internal enforcement of immigration, and a problem with a system that is uh, sort of based on or uh, uh, sort of animated by family chain migration, uh, right. which is, you know, you you get here and you bring uh, uh, you can bring basically anybody who's related to you directly, uh, and then they the bring whoever is related to them, right? Who brings anyone who's related to them, right? So these are the three problems, and then the the solutions that the legislative priorities that the administration is pushing for um, are you know funding for a border wall, more resources for ICE, um, you know, immigration. Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, to find people who are here illegally and and uh, deport them who are here internally uh, within the country, not just at the border, uh, and reforming the immigration system uh, to uh, uh, to uh, reward or award uh, immigration status, uh, legal immigration status based on merit. Um, now, so it's kind of a big it's kind of a big menu of uh, of, of priorities. And to hear the Democrats tell it. This was not the deal they thought they had with the White House on on the DACA. That's right. So, yeah, we should clarify that this is the list of things that the administration has released are sort of their list of priorities that that they are insisting on or saying must come with any kind of fix for DACA, for the dreamers, those um, kids, although they're not kids anymore for the most part, um, the people who, who were brought here as children um, through sort of no fault of their own uh, by their parents who were illegal immigrants, uh, protecting them so that they aren't deported to countries that that they don't even really know because they were brought here as children. So um, that is not what the Democrats, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, thought they were getting. That's at least not what they say they this thought This is when they, were they famously had met with, with President Trump and came away thinking they had a deal for him supporting them making DACA a permanent legislative fix as opposed to merely a presidential executive order. Right. And this was something that they said they were willing to give on some, you know, border security funding that the Democrats were. They say that the wall was never a part of that deal um, and and that the administration's insistence on the wall um, is essentially uh, uh, they accuse uh, the president's staff in the West Wing of acting in bad faith. They don't they don't say so of the president. Um, uh, so that's kind of where we are. So supposedly the deal with Chuck and Nancy uh, is dead, at least as long as the administration is insisting on a border wall. Um, 
the whether or not this was ever a likely um, deal to go through. Um, I was I was always kind of skeptical, but one thing that that deal did I think reveal was that uh, was that Trump. Uh, in person, when you can get him one on one, as Chuck and Nancy were, um, that he's uh, a little more pliable uh, in well, the he's, moment. He's famously, you know, willing to kind of go with whoever he last talked to. Right. People in his business career would talk about how they would position themselves outside his office to make sure that they were the last person he talked to about any decision he was going to make. That's right, and he's also. Um, looks at the person sitting in front of him and uh, if they offer what sounds to him like a good deal. He's willing to take it. Um, that seems to be what happened with Chuck and Nancy. Um, and, uh, and people within his staff were, of course, resistant to this. Chiefly uh, among them is uh, is Stephen Miller, who's the sort of uh, immigration uh, economic nationalist guru within the White House. Uh, the who, last Bannonite in the exactly. Well, in fact, I would argue he he sort of supersedes Bannon uh, in a way. He's um, um, much he's he's much more uh, sort of internally aligned with um, the the power brokers who remain in the White House. People like Jared Kushner, uh, and uh, but he's also sort of. Uh, he's a true believer in the Jeff Sessions mold. Of course, Jeff Sessions was uh, Stephen Miller's former boss uh, in the United States Senate. Um, uh, this is something that Miller, I think, uh, is sort of, I would not say unilaterally, but is certainly leading the charge to pull back from the Chuck and Nancy deal. Now, here you have the the presentation over the weekend of a, of a set of legislative priorities but it didn't seem to be what was on the mind of the president who was engaged in yet another Twitter storm back and forth, this time with Senator Bob Corker. What got this going in the first (laughs) instance and how did it develop? Well, we could go back a long ways to go back really how how it got here. But uh, in the short term, let's just uh, start with last Wednesday. It, um, it, It was... Uh, sort of in the wake of this news that Rex Tillerson had uh, called the president a moron. Actually, he's, I believe he said an effing moron, uh, and, and I, am, uh, 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 I am censoring myself there. Um, uh, Rex Tillerson, the secretary of state, uh, and that prompted reporters to start asking senators questions, uh, as they want to do, uh, about this report. Uh, and Bob Corker, Kind of unloaded, and he said, "Uncorked." Yeah, he was uncorked, if you will, uh, uh, and uh, he uh, basically said something to the effect of uh, Tillerson, along with Jim Mattis at the Pentagon, and uh, John Kelly, the chief of staff, was essentially holding the line uh, and, and and containing the chaos. I believe was the phrase he used, um, uh, suggesting that it was the, uh, the president uh, was that chaos, and that uh, Tillerson was among those who were sort of. The adults in the room, I think, uh, is uh, another way he, he framed it. Uh, and then when pressed about this, Corker said, yeah, I was talking about the president. He's the, he's the source of the chaos. So that all happened kind of midweek last week. And, of course, the media loved to talk about this. This is a great story. A Republican senator, um, a, and actually a former ally, has been one of the Republican senators who's been uh, really reticent uh, in the last eight months to criticize Trump. So sort of hearing this now from him is great media story, you know, the, the, the party going after each other. And uh, I think it, it, 
the president stewed on this until Sunday morning when he that's when he unleashed the tweet. So it's actually kind of a long for for a Trump uh, sort of battle. It's kind of a long Full lead gestation. Time. That's right. <laughs> now, a normal president presented with a member of a senior member of his own party um, dissing him in this way might have deflected by saying something like, uh, I agree with Senator Corker that uh, my foreign policy team is excellent. Right. You know, something like that. You put it, you, you respond to it in a way that deflects it and, and puts it away and you don't deign to, to, to engage with it. Right. Um, this is not the style of the counterpunching president. No, absolutely not. And I should say before we get into that, that it's unusual for any uh, senior or junior member, particularly a senator, um, to engage like this with the president of their own party. Um, Corker's not the first to do it. He's sort of the first to, uh, as I said in White House Watch, kind of bulworth it, sort of uh, just no holds barred. Uh, tell everybody what he th- what uh, what he thinks about it, um, but I do think that yeah. So the president's tweets on Sunday morning are essentially uh, uh, essentially dragging this out more. You know, saying things like uh, uh, Corker, uh, who of course we should we should be quick to to note that Corker has announced uh, recently that he's retiring in 2018. He will not be seeking re-election in 2018. Right. He so, wasn't speaking truth to power when it mattered for his political career. Right. And Trump sort of played with this a little bit. He sort of suggested that Corker was jealous uh, because uh, he wasn't going to get the um, uh, get the support uh, from Trump that he was begging for. Begging for an endorsement. Uh, right. Begging for the endorsement that he was never going to get. And that's a, a reason why he um, why he retired, because he couldn't get the support of Trump. Of course, now the, the Corker folks he are saying that's not true. wanted to be Secretary of State. Yeah, that's right. The Secretary of State, which is true. Um, and also wanted to be the vice president at one point and withdrew back in July of 2016 from, from consideration. Um, but, yeah, so the president sort of egged him on. Then Corker responded on Twitter. I mean, this is getting really kind of juvenile and, and puerile. Wait, wait, I have to read the, the exact text of the Corker response. Sure, go ahead. Which is, it's a shame the White House has become an adult daycare center. Someone obviously missed their shift this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's really, it's breathtaking Ye- if you think about this is a senior member of the president's own party. That's right. And uh, chairman of the uh, Foreign Relations Committee. Um, uh, again, uh, uh, one of the things Trump criticized him for was uh, bringing us the Iran deal, um, which I think uh, there's there's a lot of truth to what Trump said. You look at the legislation that basically allowed this to uh, the, the Iran deal to uh, uh, to go through uh, and to get congressional support. Um so, yeah, so here here we are now that we've got this kind of uh, pitched battle between these two. Um, I think it's worth remembering, though, uh, and I make this point on the website uh, this morning and in my newsletter, that uh, the things that Corker's criticizing Trump for, right, chaos, for sort of uh, impetuousness, for a- acting essentially like a child, as his response on Sunday suggests, you know, this is daycare. Uh, well, who's in daycare? I guess it's the president. These are criticisms that Republicans were making throughout the 2016 primary. And it was Bob Corker, of all people, who um, 
was, again, as a senior member, uh, two-term senator uh, of the party, was criticizing Republicans who were criticizing Trump, uh, saying, look, this is somebody, you know, the people are speaking here and we've got to respect the, the will of the people, going out of his way to criticize those who were uh, ultimately on a futile uh, effort to deny Trump the nomination, uh, saying they needed to get in line, essentially, um, doing you know, his sucking up to Trump when Trump was making big foreign so, policy speeches. So there are two ways of looking at this. One way is that Corker has no credibility having been a Trump suck up in the first instance. The other way of looking at it is what's going on for Trump when he loses a suck up like Corker? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, now, Corker says that this is what all Republican senators are saying privately behind closed doors. I actually don't doubt that. Uh, I think that's I think I've, I've heard that from uh, from Republican senators. Um, I mean, Republican senators have to be concerned that at any point the tr- the president might consider them a target of a Twitter storm. That's right, which is why they're not saying it. And of course, you can say, well, they're sort of being spineless about it. They're not saying what they want. But um, uh, but uh, look, I, I do think that it's it, it is not uh, a coincidence that. Uh, Corker is getting uncorked uh, after he's announced his retirement. I think the fact that he's basically fallen out of favor with uh, the president for any sort of job like Secretary of State if Tillerson were to leave. Um, but uh, what I would say to all that is the criticisms of Trump that Corker is making uh, are were uh, are are about Trump's character, right, or about Trump's ability to uh, do the job of president. Um, and, you know, they're not about policy, actually. They're about they're about character. And this was the argument that many Republicans were making uh, as Trump was not just winning in primaries, but getting the support of establishment Republicans all throughout the spring, uh, mid and late spring of 2016. And Corker was a part of that. Uh, and so the, the question really is, what has changed? Uh, is has, has Trump changed? Has it just gone on? Too long, uh, or 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 has uh, Corker's uh, calculation of um, sort of his own position within the party um, it is you know is he setting himself up to be? I mean, he's <laughs> after all of the Sunday you know, morning uh, Twitter you know back and forth. Uh, Corker took an interview with the New York Times, and he's got a great uh, big interview with the Times in which he continues to to dump on the president. Um, you do have to wonder: um, Is this uh, is this a little bit more than self-serving on Corker's part, um, irrespective of, the, of of whether or not his criticisms are uh, uh, valid of Trump? Um, I think you have to go back and look at uh, his comments in 2016, and um, I think that could tell you a lot. Michael Warren, author of the White House Watch at WeeklyStandard.com. Be sure to check it out every day. Michael Warren, thanks so much for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Thanks, Eric.